0: The following is a presentation of the Speedsport Podcast Network.
1: This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bike. from the Speedsport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass. Here's your host,
2: Kyle Armstrong. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speedsport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong joined here in studio today with uh my producer from the podcast here uh, rich colberth he's going to join me here today in the studio adam logan he's out on a business trip out in texas and figured rich could get in here and tell us uh maybe we me and him can, are going to go back and forth about what we saw this weekend at bristol i actually got to attend the event uh, all weekend to get to see jonathan davenport make his nascar debut and we we typically don't talk too much nascar on here but this is relevant we were on dirt and one of our biggest stars in the sport was making his debut so i had to be there to see it
0: yeah yeah i mean i got to watch it on television and uh with you there and i tell you being at bristol is is something man i've been there for cup events uh, when they were on the asphalt where actually it's concrete there at, at bristol but uh i've been there and and just to just to be there, it feel like it feels like you're on hallowed ground. It's like, man, this is where some of the best, you know, NASCAR drivers have won. And to be there is just absolutely an awesome thing to do. So yeah, I imagine imagine it was neat to be there over the weekend.
2: It was, and uh, well, before we go too much further, Rich, why don't you introduce yourself to the listener here because you've been doing this a long time, as you reminded yeah, me when we yeah came yeah
0: in you know I, I've I've worked in radio for uh, well the better part of thirty years so nineteen ninety is when I got into radio and I worked for the Motor Racing Network for. 14 years, and then I started working with Speed Sport here about a year and a half ago. And uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's been quite a ride for, for my career. And and I guess ever since I've been here, I've been on the other side of the glass watching you and Adam Logan uh, talk about dirt cars. And and I, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm not very well versed on, on the dirt scene. I, I work with a little bit of the, the dirt racing, but I, you know, my background is. Always been the NASCAR series, the trucks, the the uh, the Xfinity series, and the Cup series, and uh, but I'm starting to learn who these people are. Like your Jonathan Davenport, and and uh, and of course you know Christopher Bell, you know, who who moved up from the dirt, and Tyler Reddick, who also moved in from the dirt, and and, and uh, Chase Briscoe. So yeah, I'm starting to learn who these guys are, and and really seeing just how talented they are. I mean this is it is amazing what those guys can do out there on dirt.
2: Yeah, it was, and I think the cream rose to the top yesterday. All the dirt ringers, I guess you could say they're not ringers; they run every week, but they, they all were running in the top five there at the end. Austin Dillon too has ran a lot of dirt. That's where he started, and it was it was uh, man, I just couldn't get over. I could I couldn't get enough of it. It was so cool to see our guy Jonathan Davenport making his debut there, and uh, it you know it was second to none he, he did a great job all weekend a lot of people i see on facebook and social media and everything are giving him a hard time but they don't know what he went through i mean he didn't get to practice any on friday it all got rained out uh the first time he sat in the truck i believe and without maybe he probably went to the shop and sat in it to fill the seat, but the first time he really sat in it and drove it out on the track, he's taking the green flag two or three laps later for the for his first heat race. So
0: We had Jonathan Davenport on another podcast, what we do, Mike Wallace, uh, Fast Car to NASCAR, and yeah. he talked about doing a whole lot of simulation, and apparently that, that simulation, well, I guess it worked a little bit, but it still doesn't quite correlate as well to the actual real thing.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much of that he did or how much that helped or whatever. Uh, it's got to be a totally different feel sitting in the actual seat of that car or, or truck. Um, but just that, that put him way behind the eight ball to begin with. But he, I listened to everything he said on the radio both days and everything that he did was just professional and he'd done a great job and he kept the truck in one piece and finished 14th. And Honestly, in his heat races for the, for the truck, he, he slipped back a couple of spots. And, but it, and in his cup, cup car heat race, he started on the outside pole there with Bubba Wallace and was really running second for the whole thing. And they had a caution with a few to go, well, you know, restart and changing gears and all that's not, you don't change gears in a dirt lake model. So he's having to figure all that out just off the cusp and and loses a couple of positions there before it ends and has to start 21st. So with him starting 21st, he's back there in the middle of the hornet's nest, so to speak for the whole time. And uh, just couldn't go anywhere. In I, the heard, I heard,
0: I heard Dylan Hart Jr. Say, and someone had asked him about uh, getting in the car for the all-star race. And he said, you just don't get in these cup cars the first time. And go right back to doing it. Now, this is Hart Jr. that's saying this. Jonathan Davenport, as good as a dirt driver that he is, you just don't put him in a cup car. Even though that's his his forte, you still have to get used to these cars. And of course, you know, I mean, what were you expecting? I mean, I I, I, I was expecting a, a top ten. I don't know why, but what were you
2: thinking? I had way higher expectations. I I I. I be honest with you, I bet on him to win and I bet on him to run top 10 and I, I thought he was going to really do something really and, and,
0: to be, a, to be a contender. Well, you know, like uh, I, didn't, I yeah. didn't like
2: put the farm on it, but like I just right. for fun, I guess, but I really did think he legitimately had a shot to go in there and, and do it. And, uh, but, but I think him not getting the practice on Friday, hurt him a little bit. And then let's be honest. You're right. You're exactly right. Just, you can't just jump in these cars and, and go right in there right. And, and
0: run with the big dogs. I tell you who I' would like to uh, mention is Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson it surprises me because they've raced these this dirt race three times and I want to say every time he has had issues and he has not had a good finish he's not been a he may have been a contender through some time during the race, but for the most part he hasn't been there at the end with any of these races he is a dirt racer, a very well-known dirt racer and one that wins a lot and he's a champion in the cup series. So you would think that you put those two together that you wouldn't be able to stop this guy, but he he again had trouble the other night.
2: Yeah, I mean he he did win the first stage and he started on the pole and he he led a lot of laps early and then they pitted and they got back there once again in the Hornets' nest just like I said that Jonathan was in the middle of and that's where he got back there and See, TV just doesn't show that justice if you watched it on TV. I know I was there and in person and standing on top of a hauler and spinning around all day long watching that race. And, and you get back there in the middle of the pack and all that dirty air and everything, and it's literally dirty air at that place. And uh, I don't know. just He couldn't go nowhere either. Larson couldn't, and he's the best of the best right yeah. now. So, And he was the favorite to win the race and uh, has been the favorite since they've put dirt on Bristol, and he hasn't he hasn't pulled it off yet. And it, it's costing a lot of those bettors money out there.
0: I I just the verdict is still out with me about these Cup cars being on dirt. I realize that it's entertaining, it's different, it's something that we've never seen before. At least we haven't seen in fifty years since you know NASCAR. Well, we saw it with the Truck Series, but not the Cup Series. Uh, but these cars are these cars are like, I mean, they're well tuned. I mean they they hook them up to computers there, and then they put them out there on dirt. And to me, it's just, I don't, I just don't know if that's the way we want to uh, to continue on. I don't, like I said, I, I just don't know if this is a thing for the Cup Series. And I and you asked me to be on the show, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to tell you, if I'm going to be on the show, I'm going to tell you the truth. Let's hear it. And I I just don't think that the Cup cars need to be on dirt. Richard Petty said this a couple of years ago. He says, you know, it took us forever to get away from the dirt, and now we're back on dirt. And And to me, it feels feels like a gimmick you know it's it's like racing the streets of chicago or or putting a, a, a track inside a football stadium it's just i don't know I, i'm i'm more traditional a traditional guy where you know i i like going to the short tracks i like going to the restrictor plate races or when they used to have the restrictor plate races and uh and i just i like that kind of nascar but when they start putting them on dirt here here's the thing they had a pothole in one of the turns that they had to negotiate. They had to go around it. They had to straddle it or go. I mean, and to me, I was like, really, this is what <laughs> we're doing. We're having to avoid potholes in, in, in a cup race. And I just, for some reason, it just didn't, I don't know. I, I was watching and I was like, okay, this is, this is entertaining, but is this really NASCAR?
2: It was fun to watch there in the middle of portions of that race, but I do understand what you're saying. Uh, I, I think, I don't know that a cup race is so called necessary in, in the cup in in the cup series. These cars are not made for it though, is really the is really the thing. The parts are not made for bouncing through those ruts and those holes. But the track was mostly fairly smooth last night. And whenever they did have some of those ruts come in the track, they went out there and their stage breaks or whatever and and worked on them. So they weren't racing around them the whole time. They they did prepare and work on the track probably during the commercial breaks on if you you know on TV. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I I watched them. They worked diligently on it last night there at the track to make it right several different times, maybe only a couple times actually. So uh, it was. I'll tell you what. If you could have, uh, if how do I say this? Like if you could have had a starting lineup of the best of the best super late model guys lined up out in the chute out in the parking lot out there and lined them up and brought them on to run a main event as soon as that checkered flag fell in that cup race which logistically would not have been possible but that track was in perfect shape to have a have a really good dirt late model race right Mm -hmm. then at that moment it was perfect
0: yeah when when the dirt late model cars when they are on a track like that they're not making those potholes like the cup cars right because they're, they're oh yeah I mean when I heard Chase Briscoe tell this story uh, before the race he was given a preview of Bristol and he says these cup cars are completely different than your dirt late model because uh, first of all they're they're made differently those dirt late model cars they're designed to be on dirt, that the body's designed a certain way. They're much lighter than these cup cars. They're much, much heavier. And and so I assume that probably makes a difference in the turns with these, uh, with these dirt tracks.
2: Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, I don't think you would make Richard Childress and all these guys build a dirt lake model for one race a year. That would be silly, too. Oh, yeah. So you'd have, you know, so they the way those cars are built they really shouldn't be on a dirt track it was in this it was uh but at the same time man i was there last night and i go to races all over the country and that was one of the best races i can ever remember seeing anywhere Mm -hmm. maybe not the finish was maybe not the greatest but it was getting ready to be until the caution came out but some of the in the middle of some of those laps of the in the middle of the race they were uh they were battling like crazy for the lead like five cars under a blanket racing for the lead and i was uh I was on my feet the whole the whole time. I never sat down one bit of it. To be honest with you, it was great.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they, don't get me wrong. It was still exciting. I just, I think, you know, do we, do we continue to do this? Do we go to another track? Is Bristol the place to do it? Do, we, is there another dirt track out there that has the infrastructure to to uh, to do a NASCAR race or or a Cup race for that matter?
2: I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, so many people have asked me that today, and it's like that's somehow that's. You're not the first person to say that to me, and I don't know why that's the topic of on everybody's mind. But I, I think Bristol's a heck of a place to do it. But I know it costs them millions of dollars to bring that, to haul that dirt in there, and, and and prepare it and do all that. It's a lot of a lot of work and a lot of cleanup too. Don't forget the fact that. Every seat in the place has got to be pressure washed and the top of the suites and the air conditioning units and just everything gets dirty.
0: I knew I never thought about that. I'd That's think about interesting. That thing. It probably yeah. takes them a month to clean it up. How much heard, dirt? How much dirt do you think is on the the concrete?
2: You know, I don't know that answer right off the top of my head, but I I really don't know. Probably yeah. I don't know. They build it up a little bit different every year, I think. Mm-hmm. I know they put more dirt on the bottom and, and kind of flatten out the banking. You know, whenever it's concrete, it's 36-degree banking. I think for that dirt race, it's probably down to like 30 or 31 or mm-hmm. something. But it's still that's still steep for a dirt sure. track. Right. But right. I don't know, to be honest with you.
0: All right. Well, I'm in here to actually tell you to take a break. So let, let's take a break. Can I do this? Coming up, we've got more, uh, what we're talking about with the dirt race at, at Bristol and a whole lot more on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by MyRacePass and NASCAR Digital Media.
2: All right, we're back here on the Forward Bike Podcast, and we've got us a little guest here on the line. You're going to like this one. It's, uh, Mike Wallace here on the Andy's Towing Hotline. And Mike was up there yesterday at Bristol, and me and, uh, me and you both talked a little bit there on in the, in the pit area, Mike, and uh, we were kind of talking before we came on the air that we sort of missed a photo op there. We should have got our picture because that. Me and Rich were also talking, we might not see another Bristol Dirt race, but that's neither here nor there. But uh it's great to see you up there yesterday and I just thought that uh you had a good view of the of the race. You were up in the suite. I was standing down there on top of the uh on top of our SRI hauler there in the infield and I had a pretty cool perspective and you had a pretty cool perspective. So with what all we saw yesterday, I figured we could have plenty to to uh debrief on here on the forward bike podcast. And it's an honor to have you on here to also.
1: Well, Kyle, you do such a good job, and, and you know, as I was telling you yesterday, and I for all the fans listening, this is for truth truth. Every Kyle is so famous in the dirt world; everybody knows who he is. He follows it. He's a he, he's a a dean or a student of the sport. I'm not sure how do you say that, but uh, you know everything that's going on. And I got wrapped up. You know, we ended up at Bristol because I got wrapped up in the Jet ja, uh, Jonathan Davenport era. You know, Jonathan came on our show a few weeks ago, a fast car to NASCAR show. And I was just, I wanted to see it live. I wanted to watch him race against the, you know, the full-time NASCAR guys. And uh, so I I was, I was excited about it.
0: What were you expecting, Mike? Uh, We were talking earlier before uh, we brought you on about, you know, our expectations. and, And I was talking about Dale Earnhardt Jr. saying recently that you just don't get into a cup car and just win i mean it takes time and you have to do it over and over again it doesn't matter if you're on asphalt or dirt or whatever but what what do you think your your expectations were for jonathan
1: i I, you know what i was wanting to see him happen to be honest with you i just wanted to see him complete the whole race that he didn't get tore up and i'm glad he didn't get wrecked you know get knocked the front fenders off or something like that uh i admire the man I don't know him well. We talked. That I don't know him really at all. I just I admire what he does in a super late model because he does it time and time again. And I went and drove a super late model last year up in Moberly, Missouri. And you talking about something, a race vehicle that is so erratic and so crazy fast. Uh, it was just going to be interesting. I mean, I literally came to Bristol because I wanted to see how he would handle the car he did i think he ran well and like you say dale Earnhardt or anybody says you just don't go hop in a cup car and and run well and vice versa a good cup driver just doesn't go hop in a super late model and run good you just don't do that disciplines are different in race cars and um but I, i will tell you one thing it created a lot of excitement. There was a lot of people wanting to see the Superman race, you know, and they call him Superman, Jonathan Davenport. And, uh, it was fun. It was really fun.
2: You're, you're exactly right. I mean, that's, I mean, it was like two to one people wearing Jonathan Davenport merchandise or whatever up there at Bristol yesterday at at a cup race. It was just, you still see that from, you know, anywhere you go, but my goodness for, I just wonder if Marcus Smith realizes how many tickets they sold just because of the Nutrien Ag Number Thirteen being out there in the field. Because that was a that was a big day for the sport. If you uh, you know, if you can comment on that.
1: Well, I can tell you this. I was in Marcus Smith's Suite, the the Bristol Motor Speedway Suite. <laughs> Jerry Coddell, who was the president of Bristol Motor Speedway, Steve Phelps was in there at the same time with you know, who is the president of NASCAR and even the great Tim Tebow, you know, football player was in there. And the conversation was about that 13 car, man. I'm just telling you, it was a, it was fun conversation. It wasn't anybody having crazy expectations or anything like that, but they were just happy. He was there. They were happy. He was part of the Bristol dirt race. And, um, that's it. That's it. It was just a good conversation. Jonathan Davenport can hold his head high and go, I, uh, I made a nice showing. My weekend didn't end up the way I wanted it to, as far as probably performance or meaning the overall finished result. But he can go back hop in that super late model and say, boys, I ran me a cup race last weekend. Now I'm going to kick your butt here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't want you to get tell telling stories out of school here, but uh, you were in there with Steve Phelps, president of NASCAR. I mean, was there anything said that, uh, hey, wow, that's kind of interesting? Uh, what, was, what was his thoughts on, on the whole racing on dirt? Was he, was he pleased with, with what he was seeing? I mean, is this looks like something that, that they're going to continue to do? Is, is there a chance that this could move to another track? I mean, was there anything said like that?
1: Well, we didn't get into that, but I will forelead just a little bit, a couple weeks in advance here. Steve Phelps will be coming on the Fast Card of Mike Wallace show, I believe it's uh, (laughs) May seventeenth or something like that. So uh, I think that was the date that we established. Yeah, May uh,
0: May 8th is what you told me. Yep.
1: May 8th. Okay. So on May 8th, Uh, Steve confirmed it. His assistant confirmed confirmed it today. So. We'll hold that question till then. <laughs> yes, but, uh,
0: that would that would be a good question to ask because I mean it seems like you know and and I'm going to take this you know in a, in a different direction here that you know NASCAR they're they're trying different things and and you, you know, the the racing in the uh, the football stadium there at LA Coliseum uh, they're racing the streets of Chicago obviously for the last couple of years racing on dirt there at Bristol you know NASCAR they're they're trying different things to to try to appeal to a whole new audience and. And uh, so I I would, you know, when we do have him on the show, I would like to uh, find out a little bit more about maybe the direction and some of the ideas that they've got as a, as we move forward.
1: Yeah, I think it's really interesting. And I'm going to steal a, uh, a a comment that came from my little brother, Kenny Wallace. He was hosting, you know, he was kind of the track rep for the dirt series uh, uh, for the dirt race at Bristol. And he, he made a comment the other day. He says, you know, what's what the problem is? And he paused for a second. He goes, nobody knows what the problem is, and nobody knows what they want. The race fans tell you something needs to be changed, but they can't tell you what needs to be changed. And NASCAR's throwing everything at race fans, saying, come on, just just tell us that you like this, or you like that, or you like this thought. And nobody can identify exactly what they want.
2: i mean i just i just can't understand these keyboard warriors and the and the couch potatoes and whatever i mean we uh you and i both we were we were there and we we had a great time we saw a great race we didn't see the finish we were hoping to see i mean i'm glad i'm not saying like i'm glad you know christopher bell won it and whatnot i'm just saying you know it finished under caution i think it was getting ready to be a slider fest and then three and four there and it didn't we didn't get to see that kind of a finish there's a little anticlimactic there but some of that racing during the middle of that race i mean i never sat down the whole time and it was like the race of the year that i've ever saw and i go to them all over the country and uh um and i don't know why people aren't talking about that they're more focused on me and rich are kind of debating it i guess but we're i mean it's just to me, being there was so much different, I guess, than being watching it on TV. And I think that's the, kind of the point here is like, you know, do people want to complain or whatever? They're, wow, well, there's not that many people there and this and that. Well, there was a lot of people there. It's just there's a lot of seats there to sit in. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, but I, uh, you know what I'm saying?
1: I'm going to repeat exactly what I told my son my son-in-law Thomas Van Wingerden last night and our buddy TJ that went with us as we're getting ready to head down the mountain coming back to Charlotte, right? That, that big, what do they call it, the gap or whatever up there in Westville, Virginia. Mm-hmm. and uh,
2: Fancy gap, yeah.
1: Fancy gap. I couldn't, I knew it was a gap something. <laughs> <laughs> I says, guys, I said, I am so glad that we, I, I think I said this, I'm so glad I went and watched that race live and got the perspective to watch it from the way that we did and where we did, because we were high enough that we watched the whole race and there was racing, literally, I'm not exaggerating. There was three and four wide racing (laughs) going on throughout that whole race, not just at the front of the pack. And I says, you know, probably we wouldn't have seen this had we watched it on television. But there were, you know, for tenth through eighteenth, they're running three and four wide, and it was like, man, this, and they're not running into each other. That's what impressed me more than anything. Yeah. I says, I says, why the hell are they running into each other on concrete? But they can get through it with dirt running <laughs> four wide.
0: <laughs> hey, I, I I tell you, did you see that uh, that three sixty that happened twice with Michael McDowell? How impressive was that?
1: Oh, yeah. You know, Michael got, he got that baby spun around. He stayed in the throttle. And uh,
0: and I think you know, he lost, he, like, he two really positions. Got, I think he lost two yeah. positions in the whole deal. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was uh, – you know, there was no uh, – and I'm complimenting this. There was no major crash last night. There was, you know, more things there, you know – Few tie rod ends breaking, or I guess tie rod rods, or whatever, and you know the rear toe links break. But uh, all in all, guys, I really, really think I, I, you know, it's hard pressed to decide if they're ever gonna if they're gonna do it again. I think we got to really focus on a comment that Kyle Larson made over the weekend when they asked him about racing these cars on dirt. And when we say these cars, we're talking about cup cars. And he, guy, one of the reporters, had him in the media center and says, "Well, how do you think the racing is with these cars?" Or, or where? I forget how the question was phrased. He says, "We shouldn't be racing these cars on dirt." And he goes, "Well, what other racetracks should we take them to?" And he goes, "None."
0: Hmm. And that's we should interesting. We race dirt
1: cars on dirt. We should race these cars on pavement.
0: That's interesting. You know, yeah, but that's interesting coming from a guy that is a dirt racer. Kyle Larson is one of your prolific uh, racers that that win a lot in other cars on dirt, but he's saying, you know, the cup cars don't need to be there. That's
1: it. that was his comment this yeah. weekend. I heard I heard it, you know, in my yeah. own ears. And so uh
2: the With Raceway promoter, I saw put out a I don't not the promoter but a guy that works there. I'm not sure who it was. It's just Earlier this afternoon with Raceway, put out about a 30-minute video and the guy's walking around in the infield, and he's commenting. It was a 30-minute video of him just making comments about what Kyle Larson said, and he really disagreed with it. And I watched a little bit of it and kind of got busy to turn it off. But it was just crazy that, that that one comment coming out of Kyle Larson's mouth carries so much weight, and it, and it kind of does. And he may be right to a certain extent. But what we saw yesterday, I did want to make this comment, and we – can maybe change the subject a little bit but uh that that race yesterday with the cup cars felt like to me like i was watching a dirt late model race at eldora and you said it yourself mike with the best of the best like they weren't touching each other they weren't wrecking you know with the exception of a couple of little bumps and stuff but it really did feel like whenever they threw them off in the corner two and three wide all back through the field like that it really did have that feel like i was watching an actual dirt late model race but i had to kicked myself a couple times no these are cup cars it was just a cool race to watch it really legitimately was and i'm sure tv didn't do it justice like being there and i'm i'm so thankful that we all that we both were there to to see it for sure
1: kyle i have to agree with you i can't say anything other than what you did or repeat other than what you just said because the race was a really good race i mean it was just a good race there's no other way to describe it there's You know, I'll be honest with you, it was a good race all the way through the field. Now, I will have to admit, we got 20 laps to go in that race. And it, you know, it kind of narrowed itself out and straightened itself out. There was no big battle for the lead like there had been. But you get up, you know, and I may be off on my lap count just a little bit, not much. But 20 to go, you know, we had two, three guys that they're competing for the lead. And then throughout the pack. that's the part i like there was racing going on throughout the pack and they're running the bottom they're running the middle and there's somebody venturing to the a little bit up and then all of a sudden it's like okay i'm going for the top i'm somebody's going to try to make it work and all of a sudden it's four wide getting off the corner and it's like darn this is good man i'm really excited
2: (laughs) it was so cool to watch it really was i just I'm glad I went after it's all said and done. I'm really, really glad that I went up there and and saw that race. So,
1: Yeah, and, you know, you were – I'm going to go back to something you made a comment about early in the show here, talking about keyboard warriors and couch potatoes and people like that. You know, unfortunately, we're not going to change the opinion of those folks because they don't want to put the effort into watching a race live. Uh, They're watching something that's given to them for free on television. But they love just complaining. There's nothing you and I are going to do to change their mind. The only thing we can ask them to do is go, you know what, just get in your car and go to a race sometime. Sit there live, watch it, enjoy the atmosphere. Not just what's happening on the racetrack itself, but be there all day. You know, I got there at two o'clock yesterday and we walked down through the fan zone, uh, Kenny Wallace and John Robertson, you know, brought back race race day live or trackside live, whatever they call it there. Uh, there was a huge, huge turnout for that. So big that SMI had uh, announced before the end of the night that they're going to do eight more races with that show. And the, the, fan zone area everything was busy it was an event it was a fun day it was something good the weather turned out very nice and you know the those races like when you go to Eldora and all those big dirt races you go to you're not showing up just for the race only you get to talk to all your buds you know and hang out with them and bs and walk through the motorhome lots or you know, it's just it's more than just a race that goes on. And if we think about it that way, what what better entertainment is there?
2: I agree with every word you just said right there. You hit the nail on the, on all the heads there.
0: I could tell well, you I, yeah, I've been to the Knoxville Nationals a couple of times and, and it has that, that small town fair, you know, that county fair feel to it. And when you go to a dirt race, to me that's what it feels like. It just feels feels like it's down home. And it's and it's just great racing. And and so I, I when you describe that, I'm thinking, you know, that reminds me of what NASCAR used to be I mean, in the 90s and even in the 80s. You know, it's just when you go there, it's just everybody is, you know, it, it seems like everybody loves the sport and they're not out there to to uh, criticize it.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to go, you know, hear this criticism because of social media. You know, social media is a good and a bad tool. It's fun to hear everybody talk about things, but it allows the person that really doesn't even, even experience the sport in the way that it's supposed to be experienced badmouth the sport very easily. And the crazy part, it only takes a few of those people to get everybody's attention, and why, I have no idea yeah you know, <laughs> I, I I mean there should be there certainly isn't thousands of people that are are bad mouthing the sport in any way there's yeah. a few hundred that do it and but they're, just, they're they're little they're like little what do you call them gnats during the summer that just just keep picking at you, you always see them keep posting stuff, and it's like you know just drop it, I think everybody we should all get in our cars, trucks, pickup trucks, motorhomes. Gooder races, hang out for more than just race day, preferably. Or start in the morning and stay the whole night and have fun. Just go to—you're going to have a fun deal, and there's a there is a race taking place at the event.
0: <laughs> well, it seems to me, and 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 maybe it's just my perception of it, but it seems like when these <coughs> these minute amount of people, when they do have a problem with something, NASCAR changes for. The, these people and I could be wrong on that. Is that what do you think that way? Or what are your thoughts?
1: Well, my, my thought is that we, I, I, I'll just go, first of all, I agree with you. Yes. I, I don't, I think we changed too much. When I say we, I, I was explaining this last night in the suite, our family, the Wallace family has a lot, has had a, a, pretty fair lifestyle out of racing, you know, that's how we made our living. I mean, I did a regular job early on, but Rusty was a champion. He's one of the NASCAR 70 now 75th greatest race car drivers, top 50 or whatever. Kenny's done well, does well in the media. We want to see the sport and the business of NASCAR racing at every level succeed and we want other people to have that same interest, same hype. And when I say every level of NASCAR racing, NASCAR has weekly racing series, dirt tracks, asphalt tracks, modifies, late models. Uh, we too, we, we semi-too-much categorize the word NASCAR just as cup cars. Yeah. It's a whole – you know, it's a whole – big group of race cars and race car drivers and fans and we just need to uh we we need to turn everybody's opinion go you know what just be happy well
2: there's a there's about (laughs) there's there's about a hundred different sanctioning bodies out there all told i mean just we'd be here all night naming them all but uh you know they say what is it high tides raise all ships so like everybody i guess when nascar
0: does well all racing does well
2: after what we saw this weekend there at Bristol, man, it, that was, the damn, that was, I mean, let's give them a home run pat on the back, you know, for that event. Cause it was, it was awesome. It was a great race. It was a good, it was a good show for sure. Yeah, and, yeah, and you
1: know, Kyle, the one thing they air now, you gotta, I, you'll love this because it's right up your alley, man. Do you know, I think it was three or four times throughout the race. And I think it was through the heat races the night before they ran the highlight that was provided by Flow Racing to them of the Bulls Gap race from Larson and Davenport.
2: Yeah, you know, they, I, I heard they, about it. I didn't. I haven't seen any TV
1: coverage yet. Yeah, you've, you, you were you were down in infield watching everything, you know. And, <clears throat> but I, I I was a little spoiled last night. I was watching where you could see it on TV and watch it live. Uh, but but it, it meant so much short track out you know late model racing dirt racing meant so much that they borrowed the footage and it it had a little deal up in the left hand corner provided compliments of flow racing
2: that's big time you know there's millions of people watching this all over the whole world and and i'll tell you this too man we really think we're doing big big time stuff a lot of times and 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 this is so what's the word it's just something that's just A lot of people don't know what we've got going on. They watch soccer and they watch football and they watch wrestling or whatever, but I mean, we've got just a small amount of people that like racing all across the world and we've got to cater to those or entertain those people, I guess you should say. And it's just uh we really think we're doing big things, but we're we are we have still got a lot of room to grow and that's what that's what I find interesting about it. And I don't know if I made any sense there with that, but I just couldn't find the right words.
1: Yeah, it takes what you're doing right now, your your wonderful podcast that you're you're educating the race fan. You're educating the, the new fan, uh, the shows we do. You know, it's just you got to constantly tell the story because there's so many people that will never get exposed because they're not hanging around anybody that likes racing. Uh, you know, there has been a trend over the years. I've analyzed it. I've worked with people that analyze it. A lot of people aren't into cars like we were when we were younger. You know, a lot of people don't have hot rods like they used to have. You know, we got all these lift. Uh, you know, what are, Uber drivers? All that type of stuff. Where a person doesn't need a car. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they don't have the fascination with cars like we had.
0: Yeah. The, calc- the car culture has definitely changed. I mean, it used to be that, you know, you had your Ford guys, you had your Chevy guys, you had your Dodge guys, you had your Pontiac guys. And 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 now it's like, you know, most people, and, I, and I'm one of them, to be honest with you. I mean, I just want something that's going to get me, you know, to point A to point B. I don't need it to sound a certain way. I don't, I, I just want something that's going to be reliable. And and look into the future. I mean, I think it's only going to get even more like that. I mean, I think that car culture is going to get even more, you know, uh, d- like different from what it was when we were like young in the <laughs> 80s and the 90s. Uh, but then, you know, we're going to start getting into the EV stuff. Uh, we're going to get into there's there's going to be a lot of changes in all forms of, of racing in the next 10 to 20 years. So wouldn't you say that, Mike?
1: Well, I, I think just the way the world's moving there's got and, and as racing goes you you have to adjust to it what what is there what's popular you know they've tried that uh, i'll call what they call you know the guy what is it formula one e or e formula one which is battery powered formula one cars
0: mm-hmm. it
1: hasn't taken on near the the prestige that a formula one car has but they've stepped over into that category and there will be a you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see a dirt late model series come out and uh, asphalt late model series and possibly a, a NASCAR series with with batteries in them, you know. Uh, but it's going to be a ways out there because we like to hear that roar. We like to hear that thunder. We like it's 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 again, you know, you got to go back to work. Racing is an event, man. It's exciting. It's exciting.
0: yeah yeah gotta have
1: noise to go along with it
0: and it tantalizes all the senses your hearing your smell your sight i mean it's it it does all those things and yeah you're right if it ever goes down to electric you know late models (laughs) it's going to be a weird thing to see
2: that's why i feel like i'm going to go to see as many of these big shows as i can right now because i don't know what it's going to be in the future i just right now it's badass as it gets so i'm gonna go see them i hope i'm dead and gone by then you talked about bulls gap mike and uh and and that was a good race there on thursday night and i I watched it on tv but this week i'm going to bulls gap volunteer speedway they're paying a hundred thousand to win up there a 100 lap race and uh you know of course after what we saw there on tv and i think all the excitement around that i think uh I think that, you know, obviously they don't have the seating capacity of Bristol motor speedway, but there will be a lot of people there this weekend to watch that race and I'm,
1: I'm going to be one of them. I can't wait. Well, I, I think it's a, it's a wonderful deal. And if I'm right, I haven't seen him in many years and correct me if I didn't Vic Hill running that program yeah. now or on that racetrack.
2: I don't know about ownership, but he he is like the promoter. So yeah, I, yeah, I, for sure.
1: So Vic Hill is, uh, you know, and I mentioned his name, and uh, this is a shout-out to him. I haven't seen Vic in many years. I met him through the Morgan McClure group when I was cup racing. Vic did a bunch of race motor stuff with them, and there's a guy that's taking an initiative, and hes I, I think he's not worried about racing every week, but he's putting on big shows, you know, big excitement shows, big money shows, and uh, gosh, I just love what's going on. Uh, you know, the people that I've talked to, dirt late model racing, what what we call you know the the dirt late mile racing that you see at Bull's Gap that type of racing around the country is doing phenomenal. I agree. Got good car cows, good people showing up, large large grandstand attendance, and just really doing well.
2: I don't like calling it grassroots either. You know you hear that term get thrown around there a lot. The, the, this, people may not realize it from the outside looking in, and there again we're, we may not be relevant to the masses, but this is pretty big time stuff that especially the super late model teams you know are doing um it, it, it's pretty professional big time auto racing wouldn't you say
1: oh without a doubt and and you uh i don't know if you know this gentleman or not or you at least know his name ed petroff out of Illinois. Sure. yeah so petroff has been a long time friend of mine for 30 years you know what i mean i grew up petroff used to help a guy by the name of ed dixon some other guys in missouri and we we just talked and my god i was talking to him the other day think about this kyle these guys are going up and down the interstates with their dirt late models super you know dirt late models the transporters are seven to eight hundred thousand dollars on average just for the vehicle's to haul their race cars around those guys are you know traveling the road in a million and a half dollar deal and there's a hundred of them traveling the country you know and all it's amazing stuff so so yes sir it's a big deal and uh if we keep you keep exposing it and they keep putting on these great races like that you know I'm going to go back to that Bulls Gap race last week. What were they called? The Kyle Larson Invitational or something. Correct. You know, Kyle throwing his name. But I was so impressed because Fox Sports, you know, Fox, as they call it, Fox LA, the the big house, borrowed footage from Flow Racing to show on their national NASCAR coverage race because it was so good. They wanted people to understand what they were trying to duplicate. And uh, I think that's a statement to all the dirt racers and all the the professional dirt racers. You know, there, a lot of these people don't realize most of these big-time dirt racers are professionals. That's all they do. That's not, That's how they make their living. You know, they're, they're not doing it for the Saturday night starter deal. They done did that years ago. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the, the money, though, I mean, these guys are racing for 20000 I mean, I, I've seen as much as $50,000 in, in most cases. But how in the world can they, I guess, sponsors, I guess the the sponsors what keeps those million-dollar uh, haulers going up and down the road. But uh, it seems to me that the purses, they're okay, but should they be better?
2: I'll
1: let Kyle answer that. Yeah,
2: man, <laughs> I don't know. That's a – I'm not. Sh- I think they're probably as good as they've ever been right now. I just like I said that race this weekend's paying a hundred thousand, and we've in the sport. There's like uh, there's uh, I just right off the top of my head, I can think of five races this year, at least five races this year on the dirt on the super late model calendar that pay at least a hundred thousand to win, and uh, and a lot of the purses have risen in different on different big crown jewel races as well
0: well that's, eldora that's had good. the million dollar one eldora right? did
2: have the million yeah. last year but they're not going to have it this year not for late models they are going to have the million for sprint cars this year uh-huh. um but i don't know if the purses i don't i don't i think the streaming money is probably helping and and they're, they're it's obviously gaining a lot of popularity a lot of people going to the races and That's a hard question really to answer because I don't really know. I'm just, I don't have a dog in the fight, man. I don't have a penny invested. I'm sure if they
0: had a choice to get more money, I think they probably would say, yeah, we need more money. I don't
2: have a penny invested in it. I just talk. (laughs) I just go to these things, you know?
1: Well, guys, you know, I used to have a dog in the fight in all aspects of racing. I used to, when I first started racing late model dirt cars back in Missouri, back in the 80s, and then late model cars, I owned all my own cars, we as racers will spend as much money as we can come up with. And the nicest thing is that on a local basis and on these touring series, a lot of the money that is generated, it's really great to have this purse money. We need it. We need the excitement of it and the teams needed to expand. But a lot of these cars are owned by successful businessmen or successful businessmen that are funding it because they like it and they want to go have fun you know I, I know guys that own some dirt cars that fund those dirt cars that they get on their airplane that they, they go the morning of the race they hang out they have a few cocktails in the airplane on their way home and they just have a blast so there is a dimension of why racing is popular it's not just because it's a great race again it's an event it's a place to go It's it's uh it's socialism and friendship and all those things uh and we, we i think we all i think we do a great job of understanding it i think rich does a great job I then kyle does a great job i think i do a great job of understanding there's more of this than just a race and if we could get the fans that are kind of partial fans to understand that you know just do a little research go online Google search, listen to Kyle's broadcast. You know, podcast enough. He'll tell you where all the good dirt <laughs> racers are. Yeah, you know, because he goes to them, <laughs> You know, and it, not only does he go to him, he works in the industry, so he knows what's going on. He's like, you know, very astute, knowing exactly what's happening and who the players are. And, and uh, man, I think it's. Uh, I, I actually know that there's a few cup racetracks the presence of those racetracks are going man if we could ever duplicate dirt late model racing in today today exactly what's happening dirt late model racing they've got it going on
2: i think a lot of people would agree with that mike and i I I don't know. We've how, how much longer have we got, Rich? Since you're in here today with me,
0: uh, I I don't know. I, <laughs> I I'm sure, Mike. You probably got. To, uh, you're doing some yard work. You were. What are you doing right now? You said you had to unload some stuff. What are you doing? I just,
1: no, I, I, I have um I have a little side fun. Nothing for money. It's just I own three Bobcats. I got, I'm on a T770 Bobcat right. I just got outside and walking, talking to you guys and my son, and we're helping a buddy of his just clean some property up.
2: So you, you know, were running and, that uh, thing while, you're, while you've are while you been talking to us this whole time?
1: really well, time talking. I have, it's, it's got a nice heated and, ca- heat and air-conditioned cab, you know? You so, must have uh, a yeah.
2: hands-free talking device or something, because I know it takes all hands <laughs> and feet to work those things that's
0: pretty cool well mike we will yeah. not keep any more of your time uh again uh, we appreciate you coming on and talking with us about the bristol race uh i think kyle's got one more question here. i
2: got i just I'm not a question well it might be a question I, I would say this mike we every time i talk to you I always enjoy it because i learn so much and i think we both maybe learn a little bit off each other and i, I appreciate that the the conversations that we get to have when we do but uh I, I want to I just tell you, I want to have you back on here sometime because this has been a lot of fun, and I we didn't even scratch the surface. Like, I'd really like to go back one day and have you on here and talk about your uh, entire upbringing and, and, you know, in those dirt lake models and stuff because I, I saw some cool pictures pop up here recently on, on social media of you pulling into in the Pensboro and an open trailer and all that. And, you know, we don't have to talk on it tonight, but, like, at some point in the future – that's what I want to have you on here for just to just to talk about all that stuff, and uh, that might be a two or three hour show. You never know.
1: No, without a doubt, and I'd love to do it because you know I sit and think about things. And uh, at Tinsboro, that was a nice th- enclosed trailer we had there. But you know, I I raced against Billy Moyer Jr. I raced against Bet- Jeff Purvis. I ra- raced against the early days of Scott Bloomquist. You know Charlie Schwartz, who was a li- original outlaw in dirt roll racing. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I understand it. I respect it. So let's talk more about it. Anytime you want to just reach out and, uh, we we can just go on and on.
2: I, I really appreciate you being on here last minute. This worked out good. I think the listeners are going to appreciate listening to this and everybody listening. Please check out fast car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace as well. And, uh, he does a great job with his. He's had just as, almost as many episodes as we've had with this forward bite. And you can go on there. And the f- best one I've listened to was the Carl Long one. So if anybody wants to start <laughs> there, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. We've so. had a
0: lot of great guests. Uh, Mario Andretti was, was a great guest. We've, we've had some good ones and, uh, yeah, definitely check it
2: out. And you just recently had Jonathan Davenport on there a week or so ago. So anybody that listens this, that's, that's going to be really relevant to them. So, uh, so for sure, check that out. Everybody, uh everybody just uh just keep keep uh listening to all of us and we'll uh, we'll keep talking to you so
1: well kyle i think we're both uh, all of us are doing a really good job uh you know on our podcast we we do those out of the speed sports studios so it's it's fun to do and i think we uh we let the fans have a good time give them a little education give them a little background and uh I'm going to use this since you you said we're all going to get back together. I do want to plug my Steve Phelps coming up there on uh, what what did we say, Rich? It's May seven?
0: No, you said May eighth.
1: Eighth, yeah. I, I keep you know I don't remember all this stuff, but I do have May eighth. Yeah. Steve Phelps, the president of NASCAR, the boss,
0: mm-hmm.
1: is going to come on our show, and uh, we're going to talk about some of the things we just talked about. We're going to talk about that dirt race, and we're going to talk about who Steve Phelps is. Where did he come from? All of a sudden, he appears so i think we uh let's just keep doing what we're doing kyle yeah. we're, we're both doing good
2: yeah i appreciate it good to see you up there at bristol uh yesterday and I, like i say we could probably go on and on and on but uh we'll uh we'll wrap it up for this week and we'll do this again sometime mike uh this is the forward bike podcast on the speed sport podcast network for rich colbert here my co-host today i'm kyle armstrong another show is in the
1: books for this week we'll be back next week